Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. My name is Susie. So excited, so grateful that you're here. Um, and today I am just going to be talking about um, some scripture that I've been reading and just some things that I feel like the Lord has been challenging me to do in my prayer life recently. And I think that it's really helpful to talk about um, different things that we're kind of learning and receiving from the Lord because oftentimes um, when we're in community and when we're willing to take time and listen to what other people have to say, what other people are learning, I notice that God kind of strings like a common thread and you might kind of take something away that you've been wrestling with or praying through as well. Um, That's kind of the point of this podcast and so that's exactly what I'm going to do today. Um, but I've actually done a podcast on John 13 before, which is the chapter that I'm kind of hanging out in today. And that, um, podcast kind of had more of the perspective on like servant leadership and what it looks like to serve. But the really powerful thing about the word of God is that you can read the same chapter of scripture over and over again and take something differently out of it every single time. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, So me and um, some students from my church are doing um, a 21-day Bible plan on the YouVersion Bible app through the book of John. And yesterday we read through John 13, which, like I said, is is the foot washing. And I think I'm just going to read it through a little bit. Um, So this is John 13... 1 through 11. So this is um, the Gospel of John. So kind of like a firsthand account of what Jesus's ministry looked like while he was on earth. And so it starts off by saying, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew what the Father had given Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. So um, the last time I was in this scripture, I was kind of focusing on the first few verses in kind of what the heart of service and um, pouring out on others should look like, kind of in verse um, three and four. Um, But basically why the foot washing is significant is because in this context, in like the ancient world, Foot washing was something that was done and was customary, but it was like the lowest of the lowest of servants that would do it. Um, So it was very, very unlikely for like kind of a guest of honor like Jesus was to do something like that. It was like unheard of. So this is significant within itself, but also just think about like 
These are men that are walking through like deserts and um, are walking miles a day through these um, deserts and, you know, there's no roads, there's no quick trips, there's no highway system. Like they're fully just walking through just dirt and grime and, you know, just whatever was on the streets. You know, they would maybe have sandals, but think about like sandals nowadays. They're so thin and um, so like not protective, you know? So just, um, they're even, even more so back then. Like I remember quick side story, um, growing up, I, or in like middle school, I really wanted Tory Burch sandals and I got a job to be able to pay for them because they're really expensive shoes. And I remember when I got them, my mom was like, what the heck? You just paid all this money for these flip-flops. Like they barely even cover your feet. Like how can they be that expensive? There's hardly any material. So yeah, I just kind of think about, you know, weak little flip-flops like that. That's what they were walking through. So if you're washing somebody's feet in this time, those feet are nasty. Like put those dogs away. <laughs> like they're full of dirt and grime and ickiness. But Jesus wraps his towel around him and begins to wash his disciples' feet. And so um, what kind of stuck out to me this time around was um, his conversation with Peter in which Peter says, like, are you going to wash my feet? Like, what the heck? And Jesus says, what I'm going to do, you don't realize now, kind of meaning like the significance of what I'm doing. But afterwards, you will understand. And Peter says, you will never wash my feet. And um, as, like I said, I'm studying this scripture with um, other people at my church. My friend Lily, shout out to you, girl. Um, She made this comment on it, and it says, Verse 8 shows how a lot of us often interact with the Lord. Peter is like, no, Jesus, you are not washing my feet. They are disgusting and filthy and are something I want to hide from you. But Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And so Lily says, Jesus isn't literally speaking about Peter's feet or our own feet, but he's saying that if we don't let him into the darkest, dirtiest, scariest parts of ourselves, we will never truly be one with Christ. He is to have access to all parts of ourselves. And I just thought this was so good because it's so true. Um, I feel like there's often this pressure on Christians or people of faith to have it all together, to kind of have their lives all cleaned up um, and to kind of hide things that they're ashamed of. And Jesus wants so much more than that. He doesn't want our our Sunday best, you know. He wants um, those moments where we're feeling really lost, where we're feeling lonely. He wants the the dreams that we're we're not willing to share. He wants the the things that we're embarrassed about. And I I'm super guilty of this myself. Um, but there's this scripture in Revelation, um, and so. This is Jesus in a prophetic vision to um, the Apostle John. Um, but it's Revelation 3.20. And he says, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And so Jesus is a gentleman. You know, he doesn't bust into the parts of our lives that are hard he doesn't just walk into the the deep places in our heart and demand that we give him attention. He's a gentleman. He knocks and he waits for us to answer and he waits with patience, not as we understand patience, but 
um, with with abundant love and compassion. And I think I often have a hard time opening up places of my heart to him because I'm embarrassed or because those places are vulnerable and they're scary. And I don't want him washing those parts of me because that means admitting I have them. You know what I mean? And Peter's emotion here is is so real. But as, as Jesus kind of gives him this invitation to... Um, have more Peter's response is really interesting he says um let me get back to it he says lord not only my feet but also my hands and my head and so his reaction to to Jesus' response of I, I want to I want to wash your feet this this means a lot to me and this is going to mean a lot to you Peter says well like not only my feet are dirty but like all parts of me like if I truly like if you're if you're offering to to cleanse me, like I I need everything, and I think this is a beautiful expression of what confession and what vulnerability to the Lord does. And I often have like negative connotations with confession, like oh if I admit to the Lord these parts of my heart, or if I admit to this sin, if I admit to this anxiety that I've been feeling, the Lord's going to like punish me or be disappointed in me, or I'm going to feel guilty, or I'm going to be hard on myself. And so rather than taking them to the Lord, I I hide from them. And then it just kind of festers and gets worse. But God invites us to to be honest and to just confess those things that we're feeling. And when we invite him into that, we're met with so much relief and we're met with joy. And we're like, oh my gosh, like if you can do that, if I open up this one part of me, like have it all, like take every part of me. And so I just think that just this new perspective on the scripture just really challenges me to to let Jesus into those to those vulnerable parts of myself. And so um kind of have a nice little application story, I guess. Um but basically as I've talked about before, I work with like student ministry and going into this summer I was going to be a um assistant director to our student ministry at my church. And in a turn of events, um, our director is taking a bit of a leave. And so I'm kind of stepping up and taking on that role. And so initially I was really excited, but right away I just was overcome with doubt and just fear of like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like I'm not equipped. I'm not ready. Um, I'm too young. I don't have all these things that I need. And just so much doubt and anxiety and fear were just circulating in my mind. I was having a hard time sleeping. Um, I was just feeling really isolated and afraid. And then uh, we went to our kind of some week or summer camp. Um, and so at one of those sessions, I was just kind of sitting off by myself. I was actually with Lily who wrote that fire comment on John 13. And I just remember kind of being in prayer um, and I'm I'm a I'm a gal who prays out loud. I don't like to pray in my head because I get distracted, but this was a successful instance of me praying in my head. But I just remember kind of bringing to the Lord, like, I am so consumed by fear. And I was so prepared to feel guilt, to feel shame for for thinking this, for essentially kind of doubting what God could do through me. But instead, I was just met with this overwhelming sense of relief. And right away, I just felt so much lighter. And obviously, it's kind of a common phrase to say, oh, weight was lifted off my shoulders. But I I genuinely feel that it was. And that same night, 
um, we moved into a time of worship and I was just kind of worshiping to myself and these three boys, I like see out of the corner of my eye, they're like crawling over seats, like climbing over these auditorium seats to, to like come to me essentially. And I was like, hello. (laughs) And one of them was like, Hey, can I pray for you? And I was like, uh, okay. And he goes, is there anything specific that's on your heart? And I said, you know, I'm taking on this new role and I'm really, really scared. And these three random high school boys are literally like 16 years old, lay hands on me and just start praying over me. And they're praying leadership and they're praying. Um, and I just remember this one moment where one of the boys said, Lord, like I'm speechless because I just know that you're going to do so many cool things through this like young woman. And I was like, what the heck, King? Like, that's so nice. <laughs> but I just like the Lord truly like sought after me and sent those boys to me to just encourage me and to pray for me. And then just throughout the rest of the week, I was just witnessing how God was moving through, you know, not only what he was speaking to me personally, but just how he was moving through these other students and our group of students that we brought to this camp and just the chains that he was breaking, the community that he was building, the just love and friendship he was bestowing onto this group. And I was just so overwhelmed of, wow, it truly is, you know, nothing that I can do, but it is all him. And I I genuinely, like, I feel like the Lord said to me, like, I know, Susie, like, I know you think this verse is cliche, but this is my word. Like, you can do all things through Christ who, who gives you strength. And that just gave me, like, the most positive reassurance and truly, like, cast out all of the fear that I was feeling. I, I can genuinely say, like, I do not have fear towards this towards this role anymore. And that is because I confessed it. And that just, like, changed the game for me. And confession is just something I always have had such a hard time doing. But the Lord is so gracious. And um, I was talking about this with one of my mentors, and she pointed me to this psalm. It's Psalm 32. Sometimes when I like am making a podcast, I use the Bible app, so it's easier to like flip to stuff, but I'm old fashioning it today. Um, but it says, so this is Psalm 32.5. Uh, this is a Psalm of David. The Psalm is called the joy of forgiveness. How sweet is that? But he says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And I love how it says the guilt of my sin because he not only forgives the sin itself, but the shame and the guilt and the pain that we feel because of it. God is just so good. He He not only frees us from one thing, but he frees us from everything that is hindering us, even the things that go along with it. And that just brought me so much joy and fulfillment and knowing that he, he has my back. And Um, He never, like Romans talks about how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but there's, there's perfect love and there's forgiveness and there's grace upon grace. And what, what a beautiful gospel that is, is because Jesus took the, the punishment of our sin, which is death. Romans says that the wages of sin is death. We now are reconciled to God when our sin was, was canceled because Jesus took the took the punishment of it. So now we're free. We're literally free in him, which is just beautiful and amazing and awesome. So yes, 
So I just encourage you, and this is definitely me preaching to myself as well, of just open up your heart. Open up your heart to him who knocks at the door, who says, I want to go there. I want to go to that deep place that you're hiding from me. I want to go to this thing that you haven't told anyone because you're scared. I want to talk about that dream that you have, but you're too afraid to tell me because you're afraid that the answer is going to be no. When we are inviting the God of the universe into our heart, we can trust that his ways are better and he has our best interests in mind because he is good and he can only, only be good. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Um, Those are literally just a billion things that God's been teaching me and working in my heart. Um, As always, if you have any thoughts or you have any, um, what's it called, suggestions for um, podcasts, episodes um you can email it to lifeabundantpod at gmail.com but i'm excited to kind of start this new season of just going through scripture and just praising god and what he does and what he's doing um with you all so thank you so much for listening and i'll i never know what to say at the end like i'll talk to you next time because like unfortunately this is not much of a conversation but you'll hear from me okay we'll do that you'll hear from me next time bye guys